Hello again, this is Gary the Senior Geek with yet another episode of Adventures in Social Anxiety, my ever so slow journey to becoming the man I am today. This week I want to talk about an incident that scared the hell out of me. I had no idea what was going on at the time, but it felt completely out of control. Here's the story. My neighbor Beth had an old car that had broken down in Weed, a small town on Highway 99, north of Bakersfield. It had been towed to a wrecking yard and they were charging her exorbitant storage fees. I still had the Chevy pickup, which had a trailer hitch, so she asked me if I'd take her up to Weed to tow the car home. Her parents decided to tag along. They had a, quote, cabin in the Sierras, unquote, that they wanted to check on. We needed to rent a tow bar, so the four of us headed to the local rental place. I was flabbergasted to hear, while we were waiting in line to rent the tow bar, Beth's mother say, do you still have your fake ID? Beth said she did. Her mom said, use it to rent the tow bar so we don't have to bring it back. Say what? So we headed north with a potentially stolen tow bar. Beth and I in the pickup and her parents in their car following behind. Now I was still completely in lust with Beth. I thought the frustration of riding with her in the cab of my pickup for several hours was going to kill me. Somehow we made it all the way to the cabin which turned out to be a small house trailer parked on a graded pad that was obviously intended for the construction of a house or a cabin. There wasn't a tree or a bush in sight. It was basically desert. I guess it was technically in the Sierra foothills. There was a nice view to the west, but it definitely didn't fit my idea of a cabin in the Sierras. We were sitting around in the trailer talking when I started having what I now know was a panic attack. I had had adrenaline pouring into my body all day, just being close to Beth, and not being able to do much other than talk. I ran out of the trailer, dry heaving. I heard Beth's dad say, what the hell's wrong with him? And Beth say, I don't know. At least she sounded concerned. I wasn't about to explain that I was having a panic attack caused by near-terminal horniness, mainly because at the time I had no idea what was happening. You cannot imagine how scary it is to completely lose control of your body for no apparent reason. I managed to get myself under control and we continued on to the wrecking yard, picked up Beth's car and headed home. The tow bar was the kind that you drive the front wheels of the car onto and it was hitched to my truck, so the next morning I returned it to the rental place. Beth told me her folks were very angry with me. Screw them. Later on, when I learned what a panic attack was, I realized that was what had happened and that this had not been my first one. In the early 70s, I hung out with some folks and we'd smoke a lot of weed. More than once, I was so stoned I felt like I couldn't breathe. It felt exactly the way I had felt at the cabin. I always thought, thought it was an effect of the weed. When this happened, I never said anything, just got myself back under control by sheer force of will because I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of my friends. After living in Redondo Beach for a year or so, I was approached by a guy who ran our tool crib at the Culver City Hughes plant. He owned a house on Valley Drive in Manhattan Beach. I'm ashamed to say I no longer remember his name, even though we were roommates for a year or so. Let's just call him Mike. I loved the location, five short blocks from the beach, and the rent was less than I was paying in Redondo, so I packed up all my stuff and moved back to my original hometown. Only now it was west of Sepulveda with easy access to the beach. I have to admit, I was a terrible roommate. I'd been living solo in various apartments for so long, I got used to just dumping dishes in the sink. If I needed a bowl and a spoon, I'd fish them out of the pile and wash just what I needed at the time, 
then they go back in the pile after the meal. This doesn't work well when you're sharing a kitchen with someone else, especially when he owns the house. But for some reason, Mike didn't kick me to the curb. It was probably because his girlfriend lived way up in Altadena, I think about 40 miles away, and he spent more time at her place than he did at home. I love to get on my bicycle and ride north on the bike path all the way up to Santa Monica and back. All up and down the beaches on Santa Monica Bay, there were throngs of beautiful people wearing as little as possible on roller skates. The scenery was great, and the ocean views were nice, too. On occasion, I'd try to engage some of the young women in conversation, but they were way out of my league. They tended to hang out with the seemingly inexhaustible supply of bronze demigods and speedos. I was six foot two inches, maybe 125 pounds, still had acne. Sunscreen had just become a thing. I could get a burn for my TV set, so I'd lather up with as close to SPF infinity as I could find, and I remained very pale. At least I didn't have an inhaler. Or glasses. I settled into a routine of riding my motorcycle north past Dockweiler State Beach to Playa del Rey, then east to the Hughes Culver City plant on work days. I was still going to Jack's Beer Bar for lunch with my motorcycle buddies, but limiting myself to a couple of glasses of beer. That blackout incident scared the crap out of me. It was while I lived in Manhattan Beach that I finally unloaded the van. My buddy Bill Humphreys had a late 60s Cortina, it's an English Ford, that he and a race car mechanic friend had souped up with a blueprinted engine, dual Weber carburetors, a racing suspension, and alloy wheels. It had Pirelli radial tires and a custom baby blue paint job. Bill wanted to buy a sailboat, and I needed something with four wheels and a roof, so I bought it from him. It was a fun car to drive. It had good acceleration and it quartered like it was on tracks, but that Lucas electrical system. There was only one fuse in the entire car. It went to the sound system. That's because I had installed the sound system myself. When I acquired the car, it had a positive ground 6-volt generator system. Somehow, I found a mechanic within walking distance of my house who specialized in, among other things, converting Cortinas to a negative ground 12-volt alternator system for a surprisingly low cost. 6-volt headlights, taillights, etc. were hard to find, so I popped for the upgrade. It was great! At night, my new 12-volt Hella halogen headlights actually lit up the road so I could see where I was going. And I could buy taillight and turn signal bulbs from Pep Boys instead of driving 40 miles to the only Ford dealership in Southern California that carried Cortina parts. During this period, I maintained my friendship with Beth. We didn't hang out a lot, but we talked on the phone often. During the summer, I was still water skiing about every two weeks, and I took a few more women out for exactly one date each. Their names are lost to history. This, finally, brings me up to one of the most incredible experiences of my life. It changed me in ways I have a hard time describing. But I'll try in the next episode of Adventures in Social Anxiety. See you next week. Hey there. I'd like to ask a little favor. If you like this podcast, please give it a five-star rating on whatever app or site you use to listen to it. This will help to get it out there to more people. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Just search for Senior Geek 49 That's S-E-N-I-O-R-G-E-E-K-4-9. All run together in one word.